0: everyone, welcome to the Sliving with Sickle Cell podcast. My name is Barbara Biosa and I am a sickle cell warrior, CEO and fashion designer of luxury women's wear clothing brand Dumabai and founder of the Gideon's Treasure Foundation. And I am your host today. From the Queen Paris Hilton, sliving means slaying and living your best life. We all deserve to do this. I'm here to bring you all the fabulous tales, the struggles and the triumphs of living with sickle cell anemia and running a business with a disability. There has been many highs and many lows, but I think it's important to share your stories and journey. We will be discussing some important topics and inviting some amazing guest speakers to share their experiences and their journey. This podcast is dedicated to help spread awareness of sickle cell anemia, uplift and build a community of ambitious people who may have a physical or emotional challenges that make being an entrepreneur or following your dreams that much harder. Hey Aysutu! Hi! Hey. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? How have you been? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me on the Living with Sickle Cell podcast. I'm so excited to get to know you more and to hear your incredible journey. Um, I know that you are a content creator and you're also an advocate for Sickle Cell and founder of the Sickle Africa Aid. Okay, please start by telling me a bit about yourself and your background and upbringing. Hi, thank you for having me, first of
1: all. Um, So yeah, I am... 24. I have sickle cell anemia mm-hmm. myself. So I suffer from sickle cell um, SS as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a sickle cell charity which we help people with sickle cell in Africa. So we send medication, care packages, support, anything we can mm-hmm. really. We send it back. Um, currently, we're based <laughs> in Liberia because I'm Liberian and mm-hmm. Guinean. So currently we're based in Iberia, oh, nice. it's an easy base for us to like continuously visit and make sure things are running smoothly. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, fingers crossed, yeah. in the next three or four years, we aim to like elaborate to like another country. So that's the aim. Oh, that's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> I'm also a content creator, so a model, Instagram, influencing, um, I, I'm also a hairdresser and uh, manage a hair salon with my mum mm. into the salon and I just help her manage oh, I love that. hair and stuff um trying to think. I'm like, <laughs> there's a lot of like little things that I do that I'm like what else do I do but yeah I think those are like the main
0: things <laughs> okay amazing and don't worry we'll get into all of those and um your incredible talents and what you're doing could you explain how your upbringing and your background was like what was that growing up with sickle cell like Let's get it right to the beginning of your journey. Yeah. Um, So for about eight years, I grew up as an only child. It was just me and my
1: parents. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom didn't find out I had sickle cell until I was five years old. Mm -hmm. So um, for, like I say, the first five to six years of my life, Mm -hmm. I was constantly in pain, like constantly having a sickle cell crisis um But no one knew what was going on. Like my mom was like, she was kind of like, okay, what's going on? But then some yeah. days she thought maybe because I like, tend, tend to like only have a crisis every time she was going out. Not only, but it kept <laughs> linking to like yeah. she thought it was like getting worked up and I'm getting stressed that she's going out. And because I was like, you can only it was like, where are you going? But it wasn't at <laughs> exactly the same time. Like I was actually mm-hmm. in pain. Yeah, um, but yeah so like because she just didn't know mm-hmm. um she did her best like every time I was in pain she would like try and figure out she would do what she could but she just didn't know it was sickle cell yeah um and then the day she found out was she left me with one of our neighbors mm-hmm. um she used to babysit like a lot of the kids on the road um so I was at her house my mom went out and I was having a sickle crisis before I got there um, um so literally I, within like 10 minutes of my mum dropping me off and my mum leaving, the neighbour was, like, called my mum back. She said, like, I'm calling the ambulance. Like, your daughter is literally hysterically crying, no. like, in pain. And like, I don't know what to do and I've got other kids here. Yeah. So I can't leave these kids and I just, I can't give her all my attention. So I'm going to call the ambulance and um I'll let you know what happened. So oh my mum, like, rushed to the hospital because I think the ambulance came quite quick. So yeah everything was like really quick so by the time um we got there I think my mum either met me before the ambulance mm-hmm. came or at the hospital I can't really remember um and then yeah so we got to the hospital and then they were like
0: oh she has sickle cell and I was like oh wow what's that? <laughs> uh, yeah wow that's so um, interesting so like during a crisis up. and then having like a really massive crisis yeah. and then figure find out in the hospital
1: yeah
0: wow yeah
1: and I was in that moment that she was like, okay, that means I have the trait. And oh, that means my family has the trait. So then, um, like, she called everyone back home and was like, we pretty much all have sickle cell trait. Wow. And everything just kind of, like, made more sense with everyone back home. They're like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Like, I'm always having bone problems. That kind of relates. Oh, and, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. So that wow. kind of how it came about.
0: So after that situation, in what way do you think like your upbringing kind of changed and it impacted the way, like, like what was the, um, like from that stage of finding out what was the kind of next steps that your parents decided to take and like for you to be able to manage it?
1: Um, so Honestly, it was pretty much just. Now that we knew what we were dealing with, it was mm-hmm. more so managing the pain, managing yeah. the medication, and like just being aware of triggers. So my mom was quite, like, quite vigilant with like what would trigger me yeah. and where I should attention. go and how many times I should be outside and yeah. I need to be covered up and like wearing stuff. So everything kind of just from there was more so just protection, 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. protection. <laughs> <laughs> Until so, like <laughs> I grew up really and then started to understand it for myself and then I was like, okay. <laughs> um but yeah, so I'm trying to think. I think pretty much, yeah, that was it. Um started secondary school. Mm-hmm. I was quite I was in and out of like hospital a lot yeah. as a kid. So from like primary and secondary, I was in and out quite often. Mm-hmm. Um and it wasn't until secondary that I guess I started to like understand mm-hmm. it kind of but it was yeah. also quite harder like it was a lot harder to deal with then because like you're going through so many changes like yeah everything's the hormones, like so many now different you're, you're everywhere like you're comparing yourself to like friends and no one else <laughs> I knew no one else with sickle style yeah. so literally in my head I thought I was alone. I thought it was just me in the whole world. Oh my Obviously, god! I knew it wasn't, yeah. but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it does feel Probably like I that feel like, like,
0: sometimes. Yeah, just yeah. me, didn't it? Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I think that um, there's a lot of us, especially with social media, has helped personally for me yeah. to connect with a lot of like warriors around the Same. world. But like, definitely Same. growing up, and even like. In the workplace, um, school, you rarely see, like, somebody else in your class with sickle cell or someone yeah, in your school. So it's literally. so true that there is that a sense of, like, wow, there is a lot, but, like, we never really see it in a day-to-day. And that's why it's, like, social media has really helped yeah. and educate as well and, like, meet yeah, other honestly. people. Yeah, definitely. I,
1: like, I think the first time I met someone else with sickle cell was... 2018 no 2019 2020 I think wow. I met my friend Samaya mm-hmm. um in the hospital so we uh, live yeah. under the same hematology and the same mm-hmm. hospital yeah. and I met her while she was having a sickle crisis and I was in mm-hmm. as well
0: yeah. and then
1: like in my head I feel like, like I just know when someone else is having sickle pain. Like I just, yeah. I don't know. Like I just, like, you can just tell. Yeah. So like, I think you came in after me, and I was like, no, like this isn't just a normal pain. Like this feels like we're connected yeah and then the medication was always the same and then the doctors were coming I was like mm. and yeah. then our hematologist one of our <laughs> nurse practitioner came from our hematologist specialist nurse and I asked I was like does does that patient have sick or something I was like I can't tell you obviously oh, yeah. um, like- I can't that way, but have a conversation with her I feel like you guys might connect have a conversation yeah. with her. I can't tell you and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have that conversation." Yeah. spoke, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god! Like, you're the first person I've oh. ever met." It's crazy. Oh, that's. And not, then that's yeah. when I was like, "Wow!" Because actually, more people around the world, and then I met people from TSS as well. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I was. And I've never been in a room with so many people with circle saw until um I'm TSS. I was like, "Wow, that's crazy." What's TSS? <laughs> um the sound of sickle cell um oh, they okay. had like a campaign that, um, which I was a part of and then in the room there was like quite a few people with sickle cell and I didn't know that yeah so many of us could be in one room at one time <laughs> and then that's another friend Hannah it's literally I've met some people from that day that I was like wow like okay there are many of yeah. us it's like oh, I'm not the only one and then that's when I was like yeah I'm gonna find everyone I can find Yeah. and I started to like I also just my charity around that time as well, so I was really out there trying to like make new friends
0: <laughs> with yeah. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah. <laughs> and would you say that was definitely more a, of a positive impact, like finding other people that you could relate to and like building a community? 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. I feel like um it's because I was quite lonely, mm. I guess, like it's yeah it's quite a lonely illness yeah mostly because no one can really know what you're like what you're like what you're going through. Yeah. like your parents and your family friends can be there to support you but they're never going to truly understand the, the significance yeah. of the pain definitely so you're just kind of like there's a, and then there's a lot with it it's not just the pain it's like the mental struggle like yeah. you're covering for a crisis it's a whole different like a week of, like, depression and yeah, then... Yeah, it's get so true. It out of it and then, like, not being able to do certain things. And yeah a lot of it goes on. So, like, having friends or meeting people that you can relate to and that understands that, sure. yeah. like they've been in that... They might not have been in the exact same pain or predicament, but they've been in it. The, they're, yeah. like, the closest people that understand. Yeah. um So, yeah, I like it made a positive impact. Like, every time I meet someone... That's younger than me with sickle self. Mm-hmm. I was like, right to so like, I'm like, listen, if you need to message, you know, literally message me. I will die. Honestly, because I feel like you need, you need that. Like growing up, I wish I knew more people. Yeah, I definitely. Feel like I wouldn't have been as like lonely. I guess, yeah. but I was lonely because I had friends and family. But like, I wouldn't have felt like I was the only one in the world like going through this. Yeah, in so much pain. I more people to like relate to and like understand um so yeah I definitely think it helped like positively a lot
0: oh that's amazing and I definitely agree because it can it can be very isolating at times and like it's just it just makes a world of difference when somebody understands and you can relate and like especially like like you said like teenagers they deal with like peer pressure and it's even worse when you have a health condition where people are wondering why you yeah. can't come out to play or why you can't and, go here why you're always carrying like so many layers of jackets and stuff and you're just like yeah <laughs> you have no idea like i need this like <laughs> yeah um so tell me a bit about more about your foundation the Africa sickle aid and how it all started
1: yeah, so um with Africa Sickle Aid, it start we've been through so many changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole idea of the charity started when my mom found out I had sickle cell. Okay. So when she found out, she was like, There's a lot of people um in Africa that have sickle cell, especially mm-hmm. in Liberia. So like there's a lot of people in Liberia that have sickle cell, yeah, but don't know that they have sickle cell. Yeah. And because there's no like testing, there was no like testing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. The health like the health system was just absolutely terrible. Yeah. Around this time, it was like what, like three, two thousand four. Mm-hmm. So like healthcare was just non-existent around that time. Yeah. A lot was going on, and she was like, "I I want to help them. Like I mm-hmm. I want to help them." Yeah. Um. But I was too young to grasp the concept mm-hmm. of what that was, um, but she always mentioned it. Always mentioned it. She mentioned it to my doctors. She mentioned it oh, quite a lot. Oh, that's so good. Um, but she just didn't know how to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think around, I think yeah, she kind of like stopped mentioning it for a while mm-hmm. until I was in like college slash yeah just about leaving college so like last year of college mm-hmm. um she kept she brought it up again I was like this sounds like a good idea yeah. like now I'm, I'm at this stage where I've been through it I understand yeah. what it is and I feel like I do need to help people that are like me that don't have the access to uh um access to like okay um and around that time where I was leaving college was when i had only just started to be at um no, only just started to be yeah comfortable with having sickle cell not comfortable mm-hmm. comfortable talking about sickle cell yeah and before then sure. if I could have mm-hmm. I would that was no, it was not a topic of discussion for me <laughs> um until yeah until like college and I like I met, I met a wonderful friend and then she just encouraged me to like mm-hmm. speak about it and then like okay now that I'm able to speak about it I can revisit this idea yeah. of the charity that my mom had um first year of uni um kind of put it together like just a rough idea of it mm-hmm. towards the end of the first year of uni um at that time we were called six cells first mm-hmm. uh, which now that I look back at the name was just absolutely not it, <laughs> not it <at> all. <laughs> um yes yeah, so then I got a few of my friends involved mm-hmm. um And then we just kind of like brainstormed ideas, but nothing came about. It was just an idea at that point. Um, Second year of uni, that's when I was in the TSS um, campaign. And Mm -hmm. that's when I met my friend Hannah. Mm -hmm. Um, I spoke to Hannah about the charity that we had, which we had named, we had changed. Was it second year? It might have been third year. Okay. It might have been third year. I think it was third year, really. <laughs> um, Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to think. <laughs> and then we changed the name from, it was still called Six Cells First, but um, we brainstormed new names
0: around that time. I like, wait, and maybe we can time. come up with something. Yeah, that's <laughs>
1: um, Hannah, she was really passionate about it. She was really mm-hmm. passionate about, like, helping other people with sickle cell. Um, and I was like amazing I've got a new friend oh, yeah. can with sickle we could work makes more sense like, like work together as yeah. well um, so yeah I think we left but I don't I'm trying to remember but yeah it was during uni time so I kind of put a pause on it mm-hmm. because during the uni time my health was everywhere yeah. like my health was up and down I was finishing my last year of uni essays to hand in performances like there was just a lot going on yeah. So I said, you well, know what, we've got a good idea right now. Let's put a pin in it. Once mm-hmm. I've graduated, we're gonna we're gonna bring this back up. So I did that, graduated, revisited the team. Mm-hmm. I was like, who is available, who isn't available? Like, don't just do it because I mean I'm your friend and yeah. uh, you wanna <laughs> help. Like, do it because it's something you wanna do. Yeah. And if you don't want to do it honestly, that is also okay. Like I'm not gonna be offended because yeah. I wanted to work with people that like actively were Mm -hmm. they had the time and like the passion as well as I did and not just because they were my friends yeah um and I loved like they were all willing to help I was like no literally just do it (laughs) if you want not because you're my friend please (laughs) Um, uh, so we revisited the team Mm -hmm. um kind of like cut a few people out brought new people in Mm -hmm. And that's when ASA became Africa's local Aid, And since then, we've just, yeah, we've been going strong. That's good. We've sent about over 100 care packages to oh, Africa. That's amazing. To Liberia last year. We collaborated with Sanya's Health mm-hmm. and they helped us send over 100 care packages, so um, cool. which... Was absolutely amazing. We were able yeah. to like help so many people. We got like numbers down, and mm-hmm. it was just a really like amazing thing. Yeah. um Even before sending a hundred mm-hmm. care packages um with Sanya's health, um, we managed to send like two or three different batches beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I oh, had yeah. to send them every six months, or well, at least every year, yeah. like once a year, or like every six. We send like as much as we can. Yeah. There will always be some left over but, like they are able to go back yeah. for more care packages or patient. Um, so we did that. That's incredible. It was quite good.
0: Yeah. Um that's so amazing. We, we had- <laughs> and it's like it's I feel like it's so yeah. needed as well, because like you said in Africa, a it lot of is. people don't know. So this is a major impact. This is amazing, was- yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a lot. I think what really, like, drove me mm-hmm. to, like, focus on it yeah. was my mum obviously telling me about the health, the healthcare system yeah. in Liberia. And then I think I had a meeting. This was before I went I went back to Liberia last mm-hmm. year, March, but this was before I went back. It was earlier on in Africa, so just before we sent our first care package. Mm-hmm. I had a meeting with just a few people. I think it was about seven or eight people yeah. that had sickle cell. Um, and it was like a Zoom call with me, the team, and just everyone there. Mm-hmm. Everyone came to my auntie's house and oh. we were able to meet them. They were able to meet us. Oh, Zoom, so I was able nice. to ask questions, just to get an understanding yeah. of what they need and like what we could help with. Yeah, um, And during that conversation, I like, literally shed like some tears I was like wow like yeah. they're explaining to me like what they're given for painkillers and they're like given penicillin as painkillers and I was oh like oh my gosh. they're giving penicillin that's, not, pain even, that's not a painkiller
0: like, yeah like yeah when they they give
1: me penicillin or um yeah that's what or like they give me paracetamol and I was like oh, you you're kidding me right they're like Paracetamol no,
0: like some headache <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You know I, mean? I was like, yeah, okay. Something needs oh, to be done what yeah. Do you mean they're giving you penicillin? These are the doctors. Like they went to school to be a yeah. doctor. They knew that penicillin wasn't you know like, you're not like yeah, come on. Yeah. Like I think it was it was so frustrating. Um just speaking to them about the living environments, like what they had. Like mm-hmm. of course people are, oh, can't afford to buy good medication, can't afford to see the good doctors. Yeah. Um can't even afford to really go to a hospital like that so sometimes they just kind of avoid it yeah also spoke about the misconceptions of sickle cell in Africa and like what that was like living with it mm-hmm. and it was because there was there's was not a lot of awareness so a lot of people kind of strayed from talking about sickle cell because every time they would talk about it it would kind of be like oh you've got sickle cell it's kind of like a witch like you've just oh, been cursed yeah, like, like that's African
0: serious serious stigmas. And that, and like seriously. literally there. stigma. So
1: like, um, I was like, Wow. Okay. Like, um, yeah. So they kind of spoke about that and like how that affected them mentally as well. And not like being able to speak to people about it and yeah. not really knowing that many people were. And I was like, great, like, okay, it's a great step. But like, I knew kind of what I wanted to do after yeah. that. After that, it was kind of just, it was really easy for me. Like, I the concept was easy, but obviously the hard, look, the actually getting everything done wasn't as easy. Yeah. But the idea was, it was really simple. I just wanted to send medication. Which is so um, good. Send yeah. care packages that they were able to have hot water bottles, um, journals so that they can write down yeah. their thoughts, their feelings, their oh, pain. That's as amazing. well as It is physical, It's like mentally as well. You want to be yeah. able to write down things. Like sometimes if you've noticed a change, because I was speaking to myself, I was like, sometimes like when I was a lot younger, not even a lot younger, like maybe a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. Um if I've noticed a change in my health, I would kind of start to like just write down little things. Yeah. Just to understand where that change was coming from, like, if I was getting more ill, yeah. why was it because I was doing more things? Was it because I was doing less? Mm-hmm. Just because I just wanted to make sure that I was like, it was good. So I understood I had something yeah. to take back to my doctors. That's so good. And it's so, so necessary. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it was really. So I was telling them about that. So mm-hmm. I put some like journals in, um, a hot water bottle, some yeah. water bottles as well. So like make sure you stay hydrated. Yeah, that
0: hot water bottle uh, makes a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. It's Honestly, yeah, the hot
1: water is game changer. Yeah, <laughs> and the heat <laughs> creams is <are> just... <laughs> just yeah. yeah. I just about that as well.
0: like the first thing I go for is a whole water bottle yeah. of heat cream. Like, it really makes a difference. Good. It's so good. It but does, it really I does. I love that. I love that it was like a combination of things that really can tackle the pain and the um the management, yeah. which is so good. And um yeah, yeah that's that's incredible. And so um <laughs> was this like directly to was there somebody who could like pick up the stuff when it arrived, or was it just were you working with an organization yeah. out there or was it you just had individuals that you um, could send it to?
1: Yeah, so, as I said, because I'm, hot, like, my family's from Liberia. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, my mom, a lot of my mom's family, are like, my both my parents, a lot of their family are just completely still there. Oh, okay, so yeah. It so, was, it was honestly really easy to, be, to yeah. get that part sorted. Yeah. I'd speak to my auntie's cousin, I'd mm-hmm. like, this is what I want to start is so what I want to do. They're like, great, we're going to help you. Like, yeah. whatever you need, just let us know. So, uh, oh, my auntie's great. house was the base for me and I, so... Anytime we would send something, it would always be like if someone, like if I knew a family member that was going to Liberia from Mm -hmm. London, I would pay for a suitcase full of the care packages and send that. Amazing, yeah. My parents went as well, when we first sent our Mm -hmm. first care packages, my parents went to Liberia that that December, so they took majority of it um and then the second time I took some and like the third time like my uncle took some like anytime someone was going it was just easier to just pay for a suitcase and like send yeah. as much as we could
0: and it's direct um, which is so good it's because just direct it's simple it's easy some of the organizations just, in Africa is like is it going to the people so- <laughs> <laughs> and that's that was my biggest fear as well um
1: because I'm just like I don't, it's not gonna turn into another. I, I'm so, I was like, I, I was thinking about back then. I was like, I'm from London,
0: we're not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> but, because there's so many I ones you see on TV, see TV, TV and, and you're like, seeing... <laughs> I'm like, no. No,
1: I, I love need to that. Know exactly yeah. The history, the it's <laughs> um, And because, like, all my cousins are there as well, so I'm quite close to them. So I'd call my cousin and be like, okay, this is coming this week, so will yeah, we'll yeah. be at her house. And, <laughs> He's in the, she's a part of the charity as well, so she's on the chat. Okay, So that's good. all the people have her number, so they're able to call her instead of calling me because, mm-hmm. obviously, they have to pay to call me, but with her, it's, like, free. Yeah. So they would call her. She'll be like, yeah, do you want a care package? I can come and meet you. You can come oh, to the house. that's so good. I can give you some. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, my care package. would call her and be like, oh, my medication's finished. She'll call me. She'll be like, okay, this person's medication's finished. So yeah. Them, like, written oh, down. Oh, that's the amazing. Yeah. yeah. What do I do, do, I do? It's just
0: a lot easier, and I love um, it's personal. It. Yeah, it's not like it, I love yeah. that. It's so direct. It's so personal. Like they have that relationship <laughs> with the people, which yeah. is so good. No, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Amazing. you're doing incredible work, and I'm I'm so inspired. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, what are some of the major challenges you have faced with tickle cell, like in terms of like crisis or anything like that, and then you've been able to overcome it um
1: I feel like one of the major challenges I would say would be mentally I'm gonna Mm -hmm. be so honest um I feel like the pain is a challenge on its own but I think for me it was harder to deal with it mentally because it was days that I wasn't in pain Mm -hmm. that I was still mentally acting like I was in a lot of pain yeah so for me it just felt like throughout the whole year I was either in physical pain or I was like mentally stressed and depressed so it was one of the like, it wasn't a break it was yeah. continuous I, I feel like my like mental health was a, was very was very focused on my sickle cell like it was just hand in hand like yeah I was simply depressed because of sickle cell like that was it um and then I spoke to my doctors about it I was like yeah this is kind of how I'm feeling. Don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, so they put me in therapy. That kind of helped. Kind of didn't. Mm. Went back again. The second time it helped better. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah, so I think that was biggest. my biggest one. I think it was mostly like I don't <laughs> know, like. Um, I don't know. Like I just felt like mentally, it was like am I might is this going to be my life? Like, mm. I didn't want this to be my yeah. life. I didn't want to continue. But at the same time, there wasn't, I was no choice. Like, yeah. there is like your proper like, actual kill. So yeah, this is kind of going to be it. Um, but I was just kind of like scared as well. I was like, I don't know what it's going to be like in the future. Yeah. I felt like I kind of missed out on like my childhood. So I, I feel like I didn't have as much fun in my like mm-hmm. teenage years as I probably should have. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so it's just, a lot was just going on, like, mentally, and it wasn't until I would say, I would say it wasn't until, like, last year, I'm gonna be honest, mm-hmm. that I fully overcame it, like, mentally. Yeah, So I think, up, up until last year, I think it was May, up until last year, May, mm-hmm. um, I was, yeah, I was fully focused on my health. So everything, I'd like overthink everything. I had a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I used to go out, but in my head, I was like overthinking being out. Yeah. I was like, have I been out for too long? Do you think I need to go home? Is it cold? Am You're I gonna get go something? Out? Yeah. If I, I'm like, yeah, like if I'm out today, I can't go out tomorrow. I, I admit tomorrow I've got to make sure I'm sleeping. If I'm out tomorrow, mm. what am I doing today? Like, yeah. I, like my brain was literally overdrive. I was literally constantly worried about planning to avoid a crisis, yeah. which was a crisis because yeah. one of my personal triggers is stress. Oh, yeah. It was just an ongoing, like, circle. Like, I was panicking and overthinking and having anxiety about crisis, about how, having, how to present, prevent a crisis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was causing my crisis. Oh, so I was, yeah. hospital, like, I was in hospital, like back to back, like of like a month. In one month, I was in there like twice, and I was in there for like a week at a time. So I spent pretty much a whole month in pain, like yeah. one week in hospital, one week I'm recovering, the next week I'm and back one, in hospital, yeah. the next week I'm recovering. It's it was literally just like going on. And yeah. then in May, I, I went on holiday with my cousin and my best friend mm-hmm. and on that holiday is when something just kind of clicked mm-hmm. like something this was the first so okay it wasn't it's the first solo holiday since uni mm-hmm. So like when I went on I went on holiday in uni with like my friends mm-hmm. which did turn out great because I had a single crisis when I was in Amsterdam we went to Amsterdam then literally this day, the night we landed we went mm-hmm. out Frankly, it was my fault. I didn't know my triggers back then. So I was like, guys, let's go out. Let's, let's go out. Go, oh, yeah. Let's friend. turn up. <laughs> like, Would what you mean? staying home absolutely before. I was the ringleader as well. Like, every time I tell the story now, I laugh because like, my friends are like, you know, you were the one that was I was like, I know. Whole yeah. As we got off that plane, I said. Nah, your birthday is tomorrow. We're gonna go out tonight. You're gonna turn. I can't remember how old like, you're gonna have your birthday out in the club. Let's go, yeah. Um, <laughs> and we like walking around the streets of Amsterdam at night. It was cold, I didn't have a proper jacket. Um, and at that time, I didn't really know that, like, my triggers mm, like that, yeah. Like, I was still very much. I'm young, I'm going to live, I'm going to have fun. Yeah. But everything I was doing was touring. So yeah, I had a sickle crisis then, ruined the whole trip, in my opinion. I was pretty much in pain for the whole trip and then had to come back. Yeah, I can relate. Oh, But,
0: yeah.
1: So that, sure (laughs) was (laughs) high speed um yeah Uh, that kind of like traumatized
0: me for a while no I I can definitely relate to that yeah and it's honestly um, yeah for example when you said about um the because men people don't understand the mental can really affect the physical and how you how you manage it and what you said was really I could really relate to the point where you were like um you were you like you were just focused on like, um, is this going to be my life? Like the crises were just coming, yeah. and you were just like. And I had that same kind of situation when I was sixteen. And it was like I kept having because I guess I was getting older and then my hormones and then the pain was changing. Yeah. I had to go to adult pain. Things. Yeah. Things were changing. The crisis was worse. I was getting like chest and back and it was like over little things. Yeah. And so now I know that my trigger is my menstrual cycle, because every time I'm around my menstrual cycle, I'm more fragile. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's so important because I that was happening and I was like, wait, but my menstrual cycle comes every week. month and then I was so new to it and then I kind of felt like so is this going to be my life am I just going to be like every month going into hospital what about my future and I guess I like my family like my siblings are very much like a support system in the sense that were like because I would just cry every time I had a crisis and just start to like be like oh you know this is my life like being yeah, very negative yeah. and that just affects it even more and I remember them being kind of like because we believe in God we're very like like we pray a lot they're like no god can god can heal you like so they pray we'll pray a lot and they'd be like you're healed this is not your future you're gonna have a a very like and I think that that? kind of helped with my yeah that helped a lot with that mindset of like it helped out with the mindset but also the triggers I think knowing that my menstrual cycle was a trigger like I I don't even go out that week of my Even till now, like I try not to it. Like if someone invites you to a party, <laughs> I'm like, no, I can go somewhere ne- with you next week, but this week. week. No. <laughs> yeah. And so that's Especially I think that, that's how, yeah. So yeah,
1: I'm like mm, no, <laughs> yeah, because I'm
0: just like it's a trigger, and then just being that person where it's like I get like what you said when you arrived on holiday. Because I've had things when I've done um events or shows in a different country and all the travel the sewing the staying yeah. up late and then I got there and I had a massive crisis and it's almost like the trip was ruined and so now anytime I'm traveling I'm just like that night I get to wherever I'm going I have to rest yeah. you have to rest you ha- yeah like it doesn't <laughs> matter like yeah and if you're and if you're planning to go <laughs> like the day of like your birthday or something go the day before just so you, go you can I'm rest literally. and sleep and rejuvenate and <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, uh,
1: honestly, it, it's uh, funny for real that has such a traumatized yeah me. no I've oh, been I there so nice. like, I, I was like cool this is it we're not doing this again yeah um, life lessons <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to learn honestly, yeah. you have to learn do you know what I mean you have to That's go play I least. went to Greece last year Mm Because it was the first time I'd gone anywhere since Amsterdam, I was like, "Guys, (laughs) we're sleeping, and the next day we're not doing anything for that day. We're gonna explore the town nicely, and then come back and sleep. (laughs) If y'all wanna go out, you can go out. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm at at home. (laughs)
0: It's (laughs) It's so true, and yeah." And that's another thing. It's sometimes even just like letting, not even just letting go, but like just sometimes allowing to have a little bit of FOMO because it's going to be like, yeah. if you go that one night and then your whole trip is ruined, you miss a whole trip. But if you stay that one night, you <laughs> have the the rest of the trip to, the to enjoy, trip. to yeah. do what you want. So it's always that Honestly. mindset of like, do I really need to go to this place today when I felt like a little bit um, and then it will get worse. Thanks. And it's just like, no, you know, I can stay at home yeah, and, well, yeah. <laughs> no obviously but how was greece um yeah lovely it was absolutely amazing the reason why i was asking is because i went to Crete, which part of greece when i was 18 oh, I went to oh, oh cool. and i, I was... think the weather in greece <laughs> is really good for love sickle cell like i mean that was the first yeah that was the first time i was actually able was to go in when... the water without crisis so yeah. Sometimes even choosing say, where you travel is like. has to be. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's no, a honestly, when I say like, I think, as I say, Greece
1: was like the click for me mentally. Yeah. Like, I went there, it was hot, it was yeah. lovely. <laughs> it, was, like, it was just great. And we yeah. were doing quite a few things. So it, it was quite a packed trip. Mm-hmm. Um, but whereas before, I feel, okay, I mean, this might be a bit controversial because I feel like, for everyone else might have been the opposite whereas for me before it was like whether I don't do anything or I do something I'm gonna get a crisis but I was Mm -hmm. worrying about the things I did do to the point where I was basically doing nothing and I was still in pain so when I went crazy I was like okay let's just not worry about Mm -hmm. it at all let's kind of forget let's forget it Take yeah. a vacation and move on. So it was kind of like that. It was like even if I felt a little bit of pain, I'm like, mm, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is. I don't know what's what's happening there. Yeah, we're gonna just ignore it, and we're gonna continue. And then I think that kind of helped me train my brain. Mm-hmm. Like probably, probably it wasn't good for my body, but it helped me train my brain, my brain into not like focusing so much on the crisis like not focusing so much on yeah. the pain and just kind of focusing on just life yeah uh, which kind of helped cuz literally i got back from Greece and i that i had the best summer last year yeah. like i had yeah, the, so like the i've had a summer last year, like i was outside i had a oh, great summer so good. and it was hot um, <laughs> i did have a crisis but even though i had a crisis i was like hey i i had a crisis after 3 day three days at wireless it was bound to happen I should have known yeah should have known. at (laughs) least I enjoyed
0: (laughs) (laughs) literally I was in the hospital bed like do you know what guys I'm not mad (laughs) yeah at least I got to enjoy before it came (laughs) (laughs) I was literally
1: going through my memories like yeah this pain hurts real bad but honestly mentally I'm great I had fun like this hospital visit isn't even that bad right now
0: You've got your memories, looking through the really pictures, did. like yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I look good. You. I'm like, you got this I like this
1: picture. Like, obviously, just there. That's and silly. then that's like what programs my brain it's yeah. just kind of like. If you're in, like, if I felt a pain, whereas mm. before, if I felt a crisis coming on, I would fixate so much on thinking about mm. that crisis that it would turn into a bigger crisis. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. if I feel one coming on, my first initial thought is breathe, calm down, take a medic, take some medication. How, yeah. like, I, I evaluate, I'm like, what, like where what, is it? Yeah, Are yeah. you at 10? Are you at 5? Mm-hmm. If you're at 5, take this medication. Yeah. Just chill. Panic. If you're at 10, take this medication, see how you're feeling in five minutes. If you can't do it, just call the ambulance. It's cool. Yeah. Don't like, panic. Don't That's so this good. Because <laughs> then I knew... Every time I'd rush and panic and be like, oh my God, why, why am I in so much pain?
0: It why makes it worse. Me? Yeah. <laughs> it, makes it so much. I think like, it's also so much. what you said about anxiety and the stress. When you're like panicking oh, and stuff, God. that's adding to it. And yeah. then str- stress is a trigger. So it's like you're in this state yeah. of like, huh, and then your body's like, and then it's just getting worse <laughs> and worse. Literally, yeah. Because I, I didn't know, like, from leaving
1: uni Mm -hmm. no from like second year of uni up until about last year i would like yeah until like last year mayish i was in pain constantly and Mm. i i didn't know what it was and that's when i read and that's when i was also diagnosed with anxiety and um but that's when i was like okay the anxiety got so bad in these couple of years that i was overthinking everything Everything, like life. Like what I was doing, school, uni, like everything. So that's what caused my sickle to be worse. Yeah. And then when I realised that in Greece, I was like, "You're relaxed. It's it's yeah. actually mental. Like, yeah, because I didn't have any anxiety. I was in another country. Yeah, living life and yeah. I was like, Oh." <laughs> I don't have time to be anxious right now. There's yeah. no time for to enjoying leave. too Just much. I'm going to the beach. What do you mean? Like, in my head, I was like, no. I'm feeling a little bit pregnant. I don't have the no time to sit and think about this pain. Yeah, you're living I've your best to, life. I've got to take my medication, maybe take a nap, mm-hmm. and then get myself ready for the beach. Like, yeah. there's nothing to do. Um, And it wasn't, yeah, so then that's kind of like, how I've been living since then mm-hmm. till now. And I can honestly say, like, my health has been a lot better. Like, I'm not having as much, like, big crisis, like hospital yeah. However, I am having a lot more, like, mini crisis, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I think that's because... Since I'm not having bigger crises, which is also something I'm trying to work on. I'm trying to work on balance. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so because I'm not having as many bigger crises in my head. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I can still, I can still do what yeah. I need to do. But I need to remember, <laughs> you, you need to, you need to chill. Balance. You need to rest. And then you can continue. Yeah. So I'm still having like a of like mini crisis, but they're never like, it's, it's always something where I'm like, okay, this is the mini crisis. Mm-hmm. I've acknowledged it's not a big crisis. What can I take? Take my medication. About your day, yeah, and then just calm and relax. Um, yeah, I've also just told everyone like, I'm very, I'm very much a like bubbly person, but I've just been very, I'm also very like calm and collected. Mm -hmm. And just let's think before we cry, you know, maybe (laughs) let's what's going on, (laughs) and then we can like move on, let's let's chill and then move on. Um, so I'm always like that kind of person, anyway. I think I've just kind of gone back into that mindset. Like when I was younger I was very much her. Uh, I'm not gonna cry fast, i I'm gonna think logically mm-hmm. and then if I can't do anything then I might cry. Yeah. But after like <laughs> after That's like, the last resort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I've gone back into that. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna panic straight away. I'm just gonna think about what I can do. Yeah. If I can't do it, then
0: fair be it. But if I can control it, let's figure out how I can. Yeah. And then move on. And I think it's uh, definitely about being like proactive in it, like having like, okay, what works? Okay, this medication. um, And sometimes I like to, even though I have like my bedroom, sometimes I like to lie in the living room and watch Netflix, just make myself comfortable, have something to kind of distract (laughs) if the medication isn't putting me to sleep. And just having that kind of proactive thing of like, because sometimes, when you're getting that crisis and you like, you hate the pain, it feels very isolating. Cause even though people can be around you to God. help you, you still feel like, Oh, I have to no. go through. This is how I, I feel like I have to go through this horrible pain. And sometimes it can just be, sometimes you just need to get out of that and just be like, you know, the medication is going to work. I'm going to be okay. You yeah. know, I'm going to drink loads of water and vitamins, whatever else that you use to kind of manage it. And yeah. then, Put on some trash TV and try to be like, or Disney. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes yeah. I watch Disney. No, honestly, <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so true.
1: Because like, regardless of like um, being like, even like me being calm and collected, like nothing can prepare you for that pain. Even though yeah. you've been through it so many times, yeah, nothing can prepare you, you for that pain. You just pain. don't want to
0: experience it, really. You're like, you don't oh, yeah. so like.
1: <laughs> one of those pains and I'm like if it's like a small one I'm like okay let's, yeah. let's let's just chill I'm not trying I I'm not prepared for the bigger one like if this is what the yeah. small one feels like I'm okay <laughs> yeah you're like wait okay. <laughs> yeah you're just like let's like try and relax yeah. I uh, honestly like take your mind off of it and just do what you can to like just get yourself together, kind of thing.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, as a content creator, um, how do you think your passion for creating plays a role in your recovery and your management of sickle cell? So,
1: yeah. Because um, I've seen your Instagram, I love it's cute. A lot of people ask me this, about, they'll be like, How did you take a picture in that in the cold and not get crazy? Like (laughs) pull me in. But honestly, I'm just gonna be so for real. I'm just it's the same mindset. I'm just like it is what it is. This is what I want to do, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah, the two seconds outside running with the coat. (laughs) It's like I'm prepared. Like I know for a fact, if I'm in, if it's an inside location, I can have as many short clothes as I need. If it's an outside Mm -hmm. location. I need to prepare what I'm doing that week. So if I know, let's say, I know tomorrow I've got content. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that one location is outside and one location is inside. Because that location is outside, mm-hmm. we're going to do that first. But I'm also going to be layered up first. So the outfit isn't going to be as revealing because it's mm-hmm. cold. So I'm going to make sure I'm kind of layered up. I've got have got literally every picture I've taken I've always got my coat like in like you just can't see it in the frame but literally once the picture's done Mm -hmm. my coat's on I can't like I'm gonna put my coat on and then look at the pictures before take the coat off and go back and do more I'm gonna just got to be prepared just because I'm also trying to risk a crisis so yeah like always I'm always like prepared plus I drive Oh yeah a lot like the car. I drive so it's just a lot easier yeah. I'll change it while, I'll wait in the car if I want to wait if it's too windy right now I'll mm-hmm. wait um if I'm doing it really quickly it would be uh in out like, even if I'm looking at the pictures I'm going to sit in the car put the heated seats on put the, the window like put the heater on I'm going to sit there look for <laughs> it be like hey now I know what I need to do yeah let's go back out and uh, it's the same thing like I tried to do really quickly Mm -hmm. in the summer. No problem. Yeah. Summer
0: is perfect.
1: Honestly. full. Summer there's absolutely nothing. Like I can do Mm -hmm. it. Um, It's just in the winter when it's a bit colder, I just got to make sure I'm planning accordingly. Um, to the weather and my health and the location a lot of work does go into it I'm not gonna lie (laughs) because I'll be sitting there thinking okay it's cold I want to wear this outfit but I can't really wear this outfit here because it's kind of cold so I might wait until it's like a lot warmer than wear this
0: outfit here or I might drive or sometimes I might just risk it but make sure my coat is there would you say content content creating is one of your passions and um, do you think it sometimes helps you take your mind off um, your sickle cell or your pain or do you have something like that?
1: Yeah, I would. Because, I, like, from young, I've always, like, taken pictures and, like, modelling. It's mm-hmm. something I've always kind of wanted to do. So, like, mm-hmm. being able to, like, do that now and, like, actually get paid from it work like okay yeah, we love that yeah. Uh, um, so yeah I definitely think it does help like it, do, it definitely does help um doing something yeah. that you love <laughs> and how long have you been doing it um I think officially like properly what about I've been like okay, to be fair I've been taking pictures and doing content on Instagram for about Three years now, I would say I started properly okay. in like twenty twenty. Like that's when I started like properly, um mm-hmm. but I've officially like, yeah. I started taking it like serious seriously. Like maybe five months ago, five six months ago, then I was like, okay, let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. That's when I started taking like seriously. Right. But I've always been taking
0: yeah, and like, <laughs> making a while. Yeah, so I've been doing for you. oh that's good no and I think it's a great outlet um, and fashion and creativity is always fun and uh, yeah. especially that you can I guess with the day and age you can kind of do it in your own schedule and work around that and I think that's really great yeah, yeah. Um, why do you think um, there is lack of visibility for sickle cell and what can we do to kind of change that
1: um, I think the answer is quite like mm. <laughs> I feel like the reason that there's a lack of visibility is because sexism mostly like um, affects black people. So I think that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like if it affected more people of like different races, um, mm-hmm. a lot more people would know about it, and a lot more people would be raising awareness and the like there'll be a lot more campaigns going on and things like that yeah. but because it, it does just most like yeah of course other people can have civil as well, but it mostly affects people from an afro-caribbean background um i feel like that's yeah kind of why the visibility is low and that's why we need to push even more um and that's why i feel like we try to yeah. do as much as we can because like it's affecting our people guys like come on
0: um but yeah, I yeah, think definitely- yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so interesting because it's like a lot of people do have it, but then I guess it is still kind of like a minority and especially in this part of the world. And then I guess that a lot of like earlier when you spoke about um, in Africa, some of the stigmas and the stereotype that some of us may have grown up yeah. with just not really expressing or talking about it. Because I know I never really. Yeah. I think I used it when I was in. It was like in school. I would use it for like, oh, I've got why well, I've got this cardigan on. Excuse oh, for my doctor. Or <laughs> like why I can't do so. It was excuses. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I got a bit older into teenager, yeah. I didn't really <laughs> use. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really talk as much. And then like it's only I think the last two years that I started to really talk more because I just it just wasn't a factor like I'm kind of when I'm not well I'm just like literally anti-social I'm not on social media I don't really um like take pictures or stuff like that so I'd never really only told people I was close to like colleagues or people I was working with or yeah like just so they knew but generally I never really spoke about it. and it was it wasn't coming from a place of like hiding it was just like <laughs> it never really came up into a like conversation unless I needed to And then especially when it came to social media and then it's just now when I was realizing, wait, like this is so important and I really want to spread awareness. And I know that certain things have helped me on my journey and that if I share, this could also help other people, like younger people, people around the world and different stuff. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of what motivated me to kind of speak more. But generally, I think a lot of people still don't, they might feel like, oh, it's not, you know, they've just never really kind Mm -hmm. of spoke about it. And then that kind of makes, I think, the issue of, yeah, of, like, not, but, like, so many, I went to an event the other day, and I keep saying this, it's, like, I've spoke to so many people, and they still, a lot of them didn't know (laughs) what it was. And then it's just, like, wow, like, there's still a lot of people who have no idea what it is. Or have no idea. No, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: think that as well is, like, what made me like start talking about it myself. Like growing up I never really spoke about it. It wasn't something I as I said, it wasn't something I had interest in like talking about. Unless it was for excuses that like we said. Um but <laughs> yeah. I felt like as I got older, I kind of I was like, yeah, okay. Realising like I was always the only person in the space with single cell. So I would always like kind of bring it up just kind mm. of like speak about it a bit more and just be more open about it, I think. And then yes, yeah, yeah. so I started advocating for myself as a whole and like talking about it and talking about the treatments and the NHS and things like yeah. that. Because there's a lot. There's a lot with it. And it's like there's like there's just so much more to do. I feel like we as a community, we are making steps and like we have like definitely come so far. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's so much more. Like, there's mm-hmm. so many more people that don't know about it There's so many more people that, first of all, some like don't donate blood. Like, come on. Like, there's, just, there's so many yes. things. It's like, come on. At this point, are you choosing yeah. to just not know? <laughs> like, is this a choice? Yeah. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if you, like, especially if you follow yeah. me, I'm pretty sure I speak like, as much as I can, like, sometimes I'm like, <laughs> "May I want you a But you are you choosing yeah. to just ignore it? Like, come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to continue to like, talk uh, about it until people get sick of me. <laughs>
0: I'm going to continue to do Yeah. yeah. So they know, and then when they're randomly in another country yeah. and they meet somebody who's having a crisis, they're going to know exactly what to do. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. they'll be like, like, wait, I've had I know someone. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I know that. I remember. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be like, wait, do you have, I don't know. What kind of uh, OroMorph or Ibuprofen or I don't know what medication they'll be like yeah. on hand. Do you have a hot water bottle?
1: <laughs> no. Honestly. <Yeah. laughs> uh, but honestly, uh, um, yeah, it's so funny, but <laughs> yeah. that's the goal. I like, just continue to talk about it. And like raises much awareness yeah,
0: about as a whole. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what exciting projects are you currently working on? And uh, what are your future goals? Um currently the charity has been a bit on
1: hold, and I think that's just because I've been quite busy in like my mm-hmm. personal life. But we are planning mm-hmm. on having a event for World Sickle Cell Day, which is June 19th. But we might do it, either right. June 17th or Ooh. the weekend after. So probably keeping mm-hmm. everyone watch out for that. Um, I think flyers and, like, ideas yeah, and everything should exactly. be out over the next, like, three weeks. But, yeah, we're planning mm-hmm. an event, okay. trying to see what we can do and, like, raise money and raise awareness mm-hmm. Um, for the charity as a whole, um I'm okay. also so I also do like radio shows in Liberia about sickle cell just to constantly raise awareness about mm, sickle cell nice. so um, got a yeah. few more of those I'm planning on doing this year um, what else mm-hmm. am I planning on doing? I don't know I'm also so with the charity, we do like a YouTube series as well um called Beyond. Oh, I like. Oh, I forgot the name of my own series. I think it's called Beyond <laughs> the Pain." <Dame. laughs> I think it's called Beyond <laughs> the pain, but it basically, focuses on, it basically focuses on other people affected by sickle cell. So friends, siblings. Yeah. We've, oh, we're going to have that. another episode coming out soon yeah. based on mm-hmm. parents or caretakers. Um, this okay, mm-hmm. as well, so um, that's, really that's good, yeah. that, but I'm also planning. I also want to do another like um, video podcasting, not a podcast, a video mm-hmm. idea for the chat for the um, child for the charities, so let for the charities YouTube and just kind of see <laughs> around like just <laughs> people with sickle cell having a conversation, um, just. Mm-hmm. About sickle cell as a whole, but not just sickle cell, just a yeah. new conversation. But yeah, just kind of, I feel like there's a lot we need to talk about and there's a lot that needs to be out there. And yeah, it's kind of, kind of quiet at the moment for me, anyway. I don't know if it's quiet for everyone else, but yeah, I haven't yeah. seen as much anymore. <laughs> um, so I was like, I want to bring, <laughs> yeah, I want to bring, uh, I want to bring it back up. So my, I'm planning that as well. Mm-hmm. I think there's a kind of exciting, like, projects I have with the charity I love it for myself personally yeah I don't uh, think I'm mm-hmm. doing much I'm just out here having fun living life going on holidays you're slaving um,
0: slaying living <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, that's good but you're doing so well and so much um amazing things Thanks. and um <laughs> Please let us know where everyone can follow you. So your Instagram page, um, yeah. links to your foundation and everything.
1: Yeah. Um, so all my social media, Instagram, Snap, TikTok, everything is pretty much iso to bk so A-I-S-A-T-U, and then B K. Um, and charity, well, our charity's Instagram is Africa Sicklade. And our GoFundMe's is the link as mm-hmm. well. was still raising money because um, all the donations yeah. go to the care packages. Literally, we're a non-profit organization. So every single penny we earn or we get goes straight mm-hmm. into buying new medication, sending new medication, um, and yeah, just kind Amazing. of working with the charity as a whole. So yeah, our GoFundMe link is that isn't there and yeah everything's pretty much if you've got my instagram everything's also in my instagram bio like the charity um Ooh. links and everything <laughs> is in my instagram bio. So, yeah.
0: um but yeah <laughs> Uh thank you so much for joining us as I said to you have been amazing <laughs> and Thank you for being so open and honest and sharing your incredible journey. And we're definitely going to follow thank you me. and see what else you're going to be up to and the incredible work that you continue to thank do. You. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For having me. <laughs> it's it's <fun>. really <laughs> Bye. Yeah, of course. It's been a pleasure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you this podcast is sponsored by dumabai exotic couture women's wear clothing brand for the goddess in all women if you're interested in a a one-of-a-kind piece handmade to perfection in london then go over to our exclusive website at www.dumabaifashion.com there you will find some unique incredible pieces 20% of all proceeds go to the Gideon's Treasure Foundation and all our initiatives, including this podcast and also free creative workshops for people living with sickle cell and after chronic illnesses. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope you will continue this journey with me. We will be discussing a lot of important topics and we'll have some incredible guest speakers joining to share their experiences. Please subscribe. And like our Instagram pages, Atelier underscore Zimbabwe and Gideon underscore Treasure. Feel free to leave a comment, ask a question. And if you would like to be a guest, speaker, and share your story, please send me an email. Details in the episode description. Love you and God bless. Mwah.